when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord James. Stately, plump, buck bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Lenny Kay. The blessing of God and Mary and Patrick on you, says the citizen, and he ups with his pint to wet his whistle. We know these canters, says he, preaching and picking your pocket. What about sanctimonious Cromwell and his ironsides that put the women and children of Drogheda to the sword with the Bible text, God is love, pasted round the mouth of his cannon? The Bible. Did you read that skit in the United Irishmen today about that Zulu chief that's visiting England? What's that, says Joe. So the citizen takes up one of his paraphernalia papers and he starts reading out. A delegation of the chief cotton magnates of Manchester was presented yesterday to His Majesty, the Alaki of Abiyukuta, by gold stick in waiting. Lord, walk up on eggs to tender to His Majesty the heartfelt thanks of British traders for the facilities afforded them in his dominions. The delegation partook of luncheon, at the conclusion of which the dusky potentate, in the course of a happy speech, freely translated by the British chaplain, the Reverend Ananias Praise God Barebones, tendered his best thanks to Massa Walkup and emphasized the cordial relations existing between Abiy Akuda and the British Empire stating that he treasured as one of his dearest possessions an illuminated Bible, the volume of the Word of God and the secret of England's greatness, graciously presented to him by the white chief woman, the great squaw Victoria, with a personal dedication from the august hand of the royal donor. The Alake then drank a loving cup of first-shot usquabo to the toast black and white from the skull of his immediate predecessor in the dynasty Kakachakachak, surnamed Forty Warts, after which he visited the chief factory of Cottonopolis and signed his mark in the visitor's book, subsequently executing an old Abiyakudic wardens, in the course of which he swallowed several knives and forks amid hilarious applause from the girl hands. Widow woman, says Ned, I wouldn't doubt her. Wonder, did he put that Bible to the same use as I would? Same, only more so, says Lenahan. And thereafter, in that fruitful land, the broad-leaved mango flourished exceedingly. Is that by Griffith, says John Wise? No, says the citizen. It's not signed Shangana. It's only initialed P. And a very good initial, too, says Joe. That's how it's worked, says the citizen. Trade follows the flag. Well, says J.J., if they're any worse than those Belgians in the Congo Free State, they must be bad. Did you read that report 
by a man. What's this? His name is Casement, says the citizen. He's an Irishman. <laughs> yeah, that's the man, says J.J., raping the women and girls and flogging the natives on the belly to squeeze all the red rubber they can out of them. I know where he's gone, says Lenahan, cracking his fingers. Who, says I? Bloom, says he, the courthouse is a blind. He had a few bob on throwaway, and he's gone to gather in the shekels. Is it that whitey kafir, says the citizen, that never backed a horse in anger in his life? That's where he's gone, says Lenahan. I met Bantam Lyons going to back that horse, only I put him off it, and he told me Bloom gave him the tip. Bet you what you like he has a hundred shillings to five on. He's the only man in Dublin has it, a dark horse. He's a bloody dark horse himself, says Joe. Mind Joe, says I, show us the entrance out. There you are, says Terry. Goodbye, Ireland, I'm going to Gort. So I just went round to the back of the yard to pump ship and be gob, hundred shillings to five, while I was letting off my throwaway twenty-two. Letting off my load, gob, says I to myself, I knew he was uneasy in his two pints off of Joe and one in slattery's off. In his mind to get off the mark to hundred shillings is five quid. And when they were in the dark horse, Pisser Burke was telling me card party and letting on the child was sick. Cobb must have done about a gallon. Flabby arse of a wife speaking down the tube, she's better or she's ow, all a plan so he could vamoose with the pool if he won her. Jesus, full up I was, trading without a license. Ow! Ireland, my nation, says he. Hoik! Pthook! Never be up to those bloody, there's the last of it, Jerusalem. Ah, cuckoos. So anyhow, when I got back, they were at it. Ding dong, John Weiss saying it was Bloom gave the idea for Sinn Féin to Griffith to put in his paper all kinds of gerrymandering, packed juries and swindling the taxes off of the government and appointing consuls all over the world to walk about selling Irish industries, robbing Peter to pay Paul. God, that puts the bloody kibosh on his if old sloppy eyes is mucking up the show. Give us a bloody chance. God save Ireland from the likes of that bloody mouseabout. Mr. Bloom, with his argol bargle, and his old fellow before him, perpetrating frauds, old Methuselah Bloom, the robbing bagman, had poisoned himself with the prussic acid after he's swamping the country with his baubles and his penny diamonds, loans by post, on easy terms. Any amount of money advanced on note of hand, distance, no object, no security, gob, he's like... Lanty McHale's goat that it go a piece of the road with every one. Well, it's a fact, says John Wise, and there's the man now that'll tell you about it, Martin Cunningham. Sure enough, the castle car drove up with Martin on it and Jack Power with him and a fellow named Crofter or Crofton, pensioner out of the Collector General's, an orange man Blackburn does have on the registration, and he drawing his pay, or Crawford gallivanting around the country at the king's expense. 
our travelers reached the rustic hostelry and alighted from their palfreys. Ho, varlet, cried he, who by his mien seemed the leader of the party, saucy knave to us. So saying, he knocked loudly with his sword hilt upon the open lattice. Mine host come forth at the summons, girding him with his tabard. Give you good den, my masters, said he with an obsequious bow. Bestir thyself, sirrah, cried he who had knocked. Look to our steeds, and for ourselves give us of your best, for if faith we need it. Lack-a-day, good masters, said the host, my poor house has but a bare larder. I know not what to offer your lordships. Oh, now, fellow, cried the second of the party, a man of pleasant countenance, to service thou the king's messengers, Master Taptun. An instantaneous change overspread the landlord's visage. Cry you mercy, gentlemen, he said humbly, and you be the king's messengers. God shield his majesty. You shall not want for aught. The king's friends, God bless his majesty, shall not go a fasting in my house. I warrant me. Then about, cried the traveler who had not spoken, a lusty trencher man by his aspect, hast aught to give us. Mine host bowed again as he made answer. What say you, good masters, to a squab pigeon pasty, some collops of venison, a saddle of veal, widgeon with crisp hog's bacon, a boar's head with pistachios, a basin of jolly custard, a medlar tansy, and a flagon of old Rhenish? Gadzooks, cried the last speaker, that likes me well. Pistachios! Aha, cried he of the pleasant countenance. A poor house and a bare larder, quotha? Tis a merry rogue. So in comes Martin, asking where was Bloom. Where is he, says Lenahan, defrauding widows and orphans? Isn't that a fact, says John Weiss, when I was telling the citizen about Bloom and the Sinn Féin. That's so, says Martin, or so they allege. Who made those allegations, says Alf? I, says Joe. I am the alligator. And after all, says John Wise, why can't a Jew love his country like the next fellow? Why not, says J.J., when he's quite sure which country it is? Is he a Jew or a Gentile or a Holy Roman or a Swaddler or what the hell is he, says Ned? Or who is he? No offense, Crofton. We don't want him, says Crofter the Orangeman or Presbyterian. Who is Junius, says J.J.? He's a perverted Jew, says Martin, from a place in Hungary, and it was he drew up all the plans according to the Hungarian system. We know that in the castle. Isn't he a cousin of Bloom the dentist, says Jack Power? Not at all, says Martin, only namesakes. His name was Virag, the father's name that poisoned himself. He changed it by deed pole, the father did. That's the new Messiah for Ireland, says the citizen, island of saints and sages. Well, they're still waiting for their redeemer, says Martin. For that matter, so are we. Yes, says J.J., and every male that's born, they think it may be their Messiah. 
and every Jew is in a tall state of excitement. I believe till he knows if he's a father or a mother, expecting every moment will be his next, says Lenahan. Oh, by God, says Ned, you should have seen Bloom before that son of his that died was born. I met him one day in the South City markets buying a tin of Niav's food six weeks before the wife was delivered. And ventre se mere, says J.J. Do you call that a man, says the citizen? I wonder, did he ever put it out of sight, says Joe? Well, there were two children born anyhow, says Jack Power. And who does he suspect, says the citizen? Gob, there's many a true word spoken in jest. One of those mixed middlings he is, lying up in the hotel. Pisser was telling me once a month, with headache like a toddy with her courses. Do you know what I'm telling you? It'd be an act of God to take a hold of a fellow the like of that and throw him in the bloody sea. Justifiable homicide, so it would. Then, sloping off with his five quid, without putting up a pint of stuff like a man, give us your blessing, not as much as would blind your eye.